We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting you with a recap of the Nets win over the Orlando Magic 109-102. Going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But to kick this one off, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was awesome in this game. Special special message from Jack Manuel. Jack wanted me to let the listeners know KD is the GOAT. Obviously, an awesome performance. Dropped 45 points on 19 of 24 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Did have 6 turnovers, but was just dominant in this game. You know, there was just stretches where there was nothing the Orlando Magic could do to stop Kevin Durant. You know, that meant Bull Bull and his crazy wingspan trying to contest shots. Didn't matter. You know, KD wanted to let Banchero know, you know, he's a great player, but this is still his league. He's still a superstar that cannot be stopped when he has a night like this. And as KD mentioned in his post-game interview, you know, he knew knew that he was going to have a night like this when he woke up this morning. So, just awesome to watch. You know, these are the games and the moments that you just kind of cherish as a Nets fan. You know, it wasn't a great game and sloppy for a lot of reasons for the Nets, and we'll talk about that later. But in terms of just Kevin Durant and the scoring and the 19 points in the third quarter, just awesome. I mean, there's he scored in so many ways this game as well. You know, we saw him hit his, you know, typical vintage all the time, fadeaway jumpers, contested jumpers, but also got in the paint, got some drives, got some easy dunks, you know, knocked down a couple pull-up threes. You know, when he's knocking down that three ball, you know, at a really good rate, and obviously he's a career pretty much almost 40% three-point shooter, he is unstoppable because now you have to get out to that three-point line and really put a body on him because of the way that he's able to shoot over defenders. And when you do that and the floor is spaced, you're just going to see openings inside. And when he can get downhill attacking the rim, you really have to make a decision is, are you going to stop him from getting a dunk or a layup? Or are you going to let him, you know, get into his not even mid-range, but short-range jumper game? And out of any player I've probably watched my entire life, I've never been more confident in a guy hitting short jumpers like KD does. You know, three feet, five feet, six feet, whatever it is, KD just is going to knock it down. It's the elevation he has. It's almost like dropping the ball on the rim. And And not only was he great offensively in this game and dropped 45 points, he did have the six turnovers, which a lot of was sloppy passes early on, a couple late, especially in that transition play where he looked to hit Joe Harris instead of kind of taking that extra step and just getting to the rim. But defensively, 
he was great in this game in terms of the effort and energy. Yeah, there was a couple plays where he got beat by the young guys on Orlando, but in that fourth quarter, in that third quarter, he definitely helped set the tone. As I mentioned, did have two steals, did have two blocks, a lot of contest, and just was providing that some more weak side rim protection along Claxton, who also had some block shots in this game. But KD, again, was great, and these are just the moments you really appreciate having him on the team you know when you have a guy like this it's just you have a chance to win any game because of what he can do and Orlando not a great opponent and missing numerous good players on their team but still sometimes you know the shots aren't falling for the rest of the guys and that was kind of the case for the Nets other than Kyrie Irving the net shot you know 9 of 28 from three we're 44 of 81 from the field but a lot of that is KD shooting 19 of 24 and Kyrie shooting 9 of 17 there was numerous guys and Clack shooting 7 of 10 but you had numerous guys shoot under 40% from the field, including Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Cam Thomas, Edmund Sumner, who we'll talk about later. But this was just one of those performances where you're carried by your superstar down the stretch. And he was really the difference maker in a game where the Nets didn't necessarily play well. You know, I think there was a level of sloppiness, a lack of focus, you know, turnover wise. We're talking about 16 turnovers led to a lot of transition buckets for Orlando who finished with 32 fast break points. Really the magic weren't great in half court sets. It was when they were getting things moving, you know, getting downhill and getting those easy shots and even getting in semi transition and finding open looks. And the Nets also had their fair share of defensive uh, miscommunications in this game, which has been a common theme for this team, especially late in that fourth quarter. There was back-to-back possessions where they ended up giving an open three and then a wide open layup to Gary Harris under the rim. Those are the things that really need to be cleaned up. And that goes for everybody on the team because it's not just one guy making these mistakes. It's, you know, one through five, one through 10, whoever's out there is kind of contributed to the problem. And the good thing is, it's correctable. You know, it's an area where they can get better on their own by just improving that aspect. And yeah, defensively on ball, there was stretches where they were bad as well, where they were just giving Orlando too much airspace and kind of a situation we've seen early in the season. And, you know, a lot over the last couple of years is the Nets aren't giving their opponents enough respect and they allowed guys to get hot and get easy buckets early in this game. And that's something that they're just going to have to take care of. Cause when you're going against those great teams, you know, they do have a matchup against Boston this upcoming weekend, Toronto's starting to get fully healthy. Those are teams that you can't make mistakes against. They're teams where having 16 turnovers could really hurt you. So love to see that stuff cleaned up for the Nets. But I guess on the positive side of the overall performance was the Nets didn't get killed on the boards. Orlando only had nine offensive rebounds. The Nets had eight themselves. The Nets also won the battle in the paint. That's that's a pretty big improvement. And, you know, Orlando was missing uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba, but Bol Bol is a huge human and uh, can do some things down there, but doesn't necessarily have the girth. And you saw the Nets kind of take advantage of that, especially Nick Claxton, who finished the game with five offensive rebounds, 13 overall, had 17 points, three blocks, one assist, was seven of 10 from the field, three of five from the free throw line, including one of two late in the fourth quarter, which was pretty big in this game. So Clax taking advantage of a lesser opponent in the paint and really having an impact in this game offensively and defensively. You know, He was essentially constantly lurking defensively to the point where he got some blocks, and I think he was making guys think twice before going inside. So Clax with a a very nice performance for himself with Ben Simmons leaving this game. You know, the Nets had to rely on Claxton a little bit more, played over 36 minutes in this one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving over to Kyrie Irving, who had a, another good game. You know, 20 points for him, 9 of 17 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 block, 4 turnovers, did have 5 fouls. But again, as we mentioned on the last show, Kyrie's starting to find his groove, kind of getting things going for this team. And there are stretches where I love to see him take over a little bit more and get to the rim a little bit more. But some of that, too, is the refs are not giving him a whistle. You know, they are not giving him free throws. There was, you know... One or two plays in the third quarter and fourth quarter where there was clearly contact going to the rim or going downhill and, you know, getting bumped off of his spot and the refs not making a call, you know, say what you want about it, but definitely frustrating as a Nets fan. And another note on Kyrie, you know, there's a couple bad defensive plays in this game, but overall I thought he was solid on ball, you know, and there was, you know, a play where he, he drew a charge and then there's a play where he probably should have drew another charge in which for whatever reason the Nets, uh, the refs did not you know, reverse that call. That's a debate for another day. But Kyrie, again, starting to find his groove, starting to get more comfortable in the offense and, you know, be more of an overall player and, you know, impacting the game in multiple ways. So another guy for the Nets that did, you know, play solid, you know, his three point shooting is still not where it needs to be. But Joe Harris finished the game with 17 points, five of 11 from the field, two of eight from three, five of five from the free throw line, four rebounds, one block, zero turnovers. And that's Joe Harris. And Joe was not amazing in this game, but he found ways to impact the game positively. You know, be it cuts to the rim, drives to the rim, getting a couple layups in there, getting to the free throw line. Even defensively, I thought he did a better job of being more aggressive instead of setting back, especially in some of those switches. You saw him kind of come out and force, you know, Orlando Magic players to pick up the ball a little quicker than they wanted to be. So Joe finding ways to be helpful to this team without knocking down the three ball is important. But at the end of the day, that's still going to be the skill that you really need for him to you know, take us to the next level or take this Nets team and this bench unit to that next level. And Joe played about 36 minutes and finished, you know, plus seven. So overall, you'll take that. And he ended up starting the second half in place of Ben Simmons. And really those four, you know, KD, Claxton, Kyrie, and Joe were the four pieces or the four players that stuck out and really had, I thought, a positive game. I'd go, you know, KD, Clax, Kyrie, and Joe. Joe probably getting closer to average, but still positive. 
The rest of the guys, you know, weren't necessarily awesome in this one. Royce O'Neal was not very aggressive offensively. You know, this was kind of the case with him in Utah a little bit where there was games where he was reluctant to shoot or, you know, missed the first couple. So he wasn't looking to do much with the basketball, but give Royce credit, you know, did have 10 rebounds, did have five assists, two steals, one block, brought that physicality defensively. Another thing though, for him, he needs to clean up some of these, you know, bad turnovers. One, be it the eight second violation. You know, you're an NBA player. You have to know you need to get the ball across half court. And then where he tried to kind of hit the behind the back or drop off pass to Kevin Durant, where he really didn't need to do that in that situation when was a turnover. If that play, you know, runs the offense, get Kevin Durant a shot, it's probably two points for the team. So Royce, Needs to clean up some things, but overall, he's he's been solid this season to pretty good. And I thought defensively in this game, he was he was good. And I think this is a matchup that favors him because he's not necessarily great against those quick, shifty guards or small forwards. More of those bigger guys where he can use some of his physicality, he can be more successful. Moving over to Seth Curry, this was his first back-to-back of the season, and it really looked that way, you know, and that's not trying to make excuses for Seth, but less spry in this one, you know, finished with three points, one of four from the field, one of three from three, two rebounds, one assist, two steals, one turnover. Wasn't necessarily a bad game, but, you know, the previous night we saw him drop 29, just substantially less impactful. But some of the length of Orlando definitely bothered him, including Ball Ball, who was able to block one of his step back three attempts and turn it into two points for Orlando. It's, you know, Seth is not the best athlete and he's going to be bothered by length at times. So overall, you know, you'll take it and he'll probably be better in the next back to back in which he plays. I'm moving over to Edmund Sumner, played about seven minutes in this one, 0 2 from the field, 0 1 from three, one rebound, uh, one assist. Uh, Sumner is going to be tough to play when the Nets are looking to space the floor and teams are playing Kevin Durant and you know Kyrie Irving at times the way they did tonight. And it's just going to be hit or miss. And you're going to have to use him sparingly until he can consistently knock down some of those three-point attempts and even just stabilize his offense to kind of find ways to be more impactful. But moving over to another guard, uh, Cam Thomas. 1-3 in this game, 0-1 from three. One assist, one steal, two fouls, two points. Cam was hot and cold. You know, there's a few good moments, but overall, you know, it's still just not really in the flow of the offense and in the flow of the defense. I think defensively is where you'd like to see him just be better, play with more tenacity. I think there's a level of understanding from Cam Thomas that needs to happen is that he is a role player in the NBA currently. You know, maybe at some point he'll be a starter, he'll be a lead guard, maybe even down the line could potentially be a fringe all star. But on this team, in this role, he is here to score the basketball, but he's also here to handle the basketball and run the offense and do role player things. And that means playing with a level of energy and tenacity defensively and on the boards and just doing some of the, the dirty work. And I think that's if Cam can have that realization, it'll allow him to get a bigger role in the rotation and also just be a better player moving forward. And finally, touching on Ben Simmons. Ben did not look great in this game. You know, he didn't look super spry. The one play that really sticks out for Ben is the transition opportunity where, you know, in the past or even over the course of the last week or two, you would have seen him, you know, attack with a little aggression and try to dunk the basketball or get a layup and, you know, ended up being stuffed by Gary Harris and was kind of like almost a jump ball. And then he ended up trying to throw a bad pass. So Ben ultimately ended up leaving this game in the second quarter after he was called for an offensive foul, was kind of bumped in the hip, left with left knee soreness, um, something that kept him out for a while. So something you definitely want to monitor and because, 
Ben was so successful over this last stretch because of his athleticism coming back and that extra level of, you know, spryness, you know, athleticism and ability to get downhill and really attack openings. And without that, it definitely severely limits his game because of his lack of jump shot and I don't want to say skill offensively, but lack of gravity that he has as a player if he doesn't have that ability to attack the rim and get to the free throw line, even if he's not knocking them down, building up those fouls. So Ben is going to be something to monitor with that left knee. Hopefully everything's good. Or, you know, I wouldn't be super surprised if the Nets look to maybe rest him in the game on Wednesday and, you know, see him against the Raptors and Boston Celtics. But overall, you know, hopefully it's just a minor hiccup for him. Uh, we got a little update on Utah Watanabe, who will not be playing Wednesday as well. The Nets did get you know, another image on that uh, hamstring, and there were not results out yet. Hopefully, he's healing okay. Obviously, hamstrings can be really nagging injuries that can keep you out longer than expected or also just carry on throughout the season. And you know, playing so many games as an NBA basketball player, you know, you're getting one day rest, two day rest, three day rest, whatever it might be, not enough to fully get that week or two off to let that hamstring fully heal. So hopefully we get some uh, good news on the Utah front. But overall, you look at this game and you say to yourself, you know, two wins in a row, starting the homestand right, you know, and just trying to build some better habits. And tonight, again, the habits weren't great and you were kind of saved by having a superstar like Kevin Durant. But there's still enough, I think, in that third quarter in which the Nets won 35 to 25 that you could be like, all right, there there is some positives. I think the, ultimately one of the biggest positives for this team was the fact is defense turned into easy offense. And I think as a coach for Jacques Vaughn, showing that tape and saying, like, hey, guys, when we got stops, we pushed the ball down the floor and got a ton of easy shots. And yet some of that's the magic being a bad team. But at the same time, good defense is going to lead to easy offense. And that's something the Nets need to buy into a little bit more. As we mentioned early in the show, just too many sloppy mistakes turnover-wise and also defensively miscommunications and not having you know, that level of aggression and focus to limit that airspace and giving NBA players wide open shots. But overall, we'll take a win. At this point, the Nets are finally back to 500, still sitting in one of those playing spots. We'll see where they end up as the night ends in the NBA. But 11 of 11, 11 and 11, and five more games of this homestand. Some more favorable matchups, you know, down the line. Also, some really good matchups I mentioned before against the Raptors and the Celtics, where the Nets can kind of see where they're at and if they've how much better they've gotten from you know the first week of the season to where they are now. And that's really what you're looking for. You're looking for that growth for this team and taking that next step and trying to, you know, contend or put yourself in a position where it makes sense for us to trade for, you know, an upgrade, you know, on the wing, a true big, whatever it is, give away some of those first round picks to add a better player to this team. But as always, big thanks to everybody for listening. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Jack's been putting out a couple tweets. Hopefully we can get some feedback. You guys let us know what you you love, you hate, what you want to see more of on the buzz, you know, more guests, more less recap shows or more topic shows, whatever it is, you hit us up, you know, on Twitter. You can hit me up at Nick underscore Faye. You can hit Jack up at Jack Manuel. You can find us on Instagram at the Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But as always, appreciate everybody and all the support we receive on the buzz. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.